Welcome to the Wisconsin in Focus podcast powered by the Center Square. I'm Bruce Walker, Midwest Regional Editor of the Center Square Newswire Service. Wisconsin in Focus is a production of America's Talking Network. You can find all of the Center Square's great podcasts at americastalking.com. That's americastalking.com. We're recording this podcast on Thursday, June 21st, 2022. Joining me today, as he does every week, is Ben Young, the Center Square's Wisconsin correspondent. Hello, Ben. I cannot believe that we're wrapping up July. It's one of these things where you, you turn around and it's it's the 21st of July. State fairs are coming up. Then it's back to school. Then it's college football season. Then it's the holidays. Then it's 2023. I'm not prepared for this. I, for some reason, I'm still walking around thinking that it's 2020, 2019. I know all the pandemic stuff, but I just these these days, these weeks, these months, these years, they just continue to go by too fast. Oh, the journey from the womb to the tomb, sewing a shroud by a journey by the light eating sun, as Dylan Thomas said, we're we're just we're hosed. I mean, it's going to come to no good end for any of us, Ben. Well, that's that ain't that true. I'm burning this candle at both ends. I, I look, I'm 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 going to spare the government a lot of costs because I'm not going to be sitting on Social Security or, or or Medicaid for for year Medicare for years and years and years and years and years and years. Nope, I'm a good American. Lots of steaks, lots of beers, and apparently a little bit of Edna St. Vincent Millay. <laughs> no idea what that is. You uh, quoted her when you said burning oh. the candle at both ends. It will not last the night. But oh, my friends and oh, my foes, it casts a beautiful light. I I forget where I think I picked it up maybe out of a Leonard Skinner song. I don't know. That would be more my style. Uh, Leonard Skinner would be more my style. Okay. I Where's my lighter? <laughs> yep. Okay. Encore. Yeah. Free bird. I don't know they, they, don't, they still sell lighters anymore. You got to hold up your phone battery from the pictures I've seen from concerts now. Well, Kids listen, wouldn't know what to do if you gave them a bick at the end of the concert. Yeah, they, they would try to vape it or something. <laughs> Craziness. Well, listen, I I need to shut some things down so that it doesn't dingling according to your while while you're speaking there, Ben, and because we want to hear what you have to say about all things. Wisconsin. And where do you want to start today, sir? Well, we should start with what is probably the biggest lawsuit that I've seen in the state of Wisconsin's history that the attorney general and governor on Wednesday made a big deal out of suing the makers of firefighter foam. This is part of what is the new environmental focus and the new what would what would the the, the proper term be slip and fall lawsuit? No payday jackpot justice no this is part of the new legal strategy for a number of democratic attorneys general that just like they sued big tobacco just like they sued big pharma they are now suing big chemical for pfas chemicals and these are as i refer to them uh, forever chemicals because i did not do very well in uh chemistry and in science but these are a group of chemicals or spelling that, for that matter or, so, or spelling yeah no i'm, yeah. I'm not you know, gonna those, try those, and say poly those polysyllabic words get you every single time yeah no it is it, it, it is one of those that you you just you, you just take a look and you, you 
but PFAS chemicals, and I'm looking for it in, in the story, uh, are per and polyfluorocoronal substances, which are known to be toxic, according to the attorney general's office. This is the stuff that makes things not stick is pretty much what it is. And it's in everything from nonstick skillets to microwave popcorn bags to, as we have the picture of on the front page at the center square, Wisconsin, those sort of shimmery nonstick wrappers for your burger at McDonald's or Burger King or Jack in the box or wherever it is. Essentially, PFAS chemicals help things not stick to each other. And this is good for fighting fires at airplanes because just pouring regular water on it isn't going to help. So you need something that helps break apart the flames and helps put out the fire and helps keep people safe and the the focus on firefighting foam is at the heart of this lawsuit there are 18 companies that are named but the biggest is tyco fire products up in marinette and they make chemicals and one of the things they made was this firefighting foam and so they tested it and so they used a lot of it i mean imagine if you're trying to figure out the best way to put out a jet fire what do you do you start a jet fire and then you pour a bunch of foam on it to see well is is this batch best or is that best that batch best do that year over year over year over year over year over year for for decades and that stuff starts to build up in the soil and then it moves into the water 3m dupont a number of other companies big pocketed companies that made this are also named in the lawsuit and here's the wrinkle that PFAS chemical pollution is something that is relatively new. This is not something like asbestos that we've known was harmful for years. This is not something like smoking that we've known since the Mad Men days was not good for you. This is not something even like, you know, the overprescription of oxycodone during the, the pill crisis of the early 2000s. This is not something that was inherently illegal from the beginning. This was, well, we're trying to help. And now here, lo and behold, 2020, 2022, we're starting to see elevated levels of these chemicals in water supplies. One of the other wrinkles, and this is something that's important to keep in mind, is there is no A to B to C link between PFAS chemicals and some sort of health problem. You smoke, you get cancer. They knew that. And they pretty much lied about it. If you're exposed to asbestos, like so many people did, you get mesothelioma. That's why if you watch daytime television, you see that commercial over and over and over and over again. The people who were over-prescribing opioids knew what they were doing. They knew these were addictive. They knew that they were turning people with back problems into heroin junkies, and they did it anyway. Here, these cases are going to hinge on not is this is this substance in the soil is this substance in the water because this is a billion dollar lawsuit it is going to hinge on well okay what does this do yes this is in the water yes this is in the soil up until recently here in wisconsin there were no official standards that says okay well you can't have any more than 0.3.175 particle or whatever the number is those didn't exist they still don't exist nationally there's some input there's some conversation but it is not as if someone is clearly going over the line and just dumping chemicals into the water. That being said, this is a sweeping 
lawsuit and Josh Call, the attorney general here in Wisconsin, and Tony Evers, the Democratic governor here in Wisconsin, are, are out there rallying their environmental base and shaking the fist and promising to make these companies pay. This becomes real where they launched this lawsuit. They announced it in a, in a small community called French Island in well, essentially suburban lacrosse. If if a if a community of of a hundred something thousand people maybe can have a suburb, French Island is, is is that. It's a little tiny island just south of the airport in Lacrosse, which is in the western part of the state. And folks in Lacrosse, they drink from water bottles, individual bottles of water, or those water coolers that you have in your kitchen. And the state pays for all of those people to get bottled water because of elevated PFAS levels in their water. You're starting to see this in, again, Marinette, where the where the the, the, the Tyco plant was. Wausau has problems. Eau Claire is starting to discover this. More and more communities, as they look for PFAS chemicals, find them. Madison has gone full into this because they have not only an airport, but they have an Air Force base. And this is one of the things that they are testing all around the Air Force base, not around anywhere else, but just around the Air Force base. And so this is something that is real for, for, for many people here in Wisconsin. Uh, the idea of having to exist only on bottled water is not necessarily their favorite idea. But this is this is going to be an interesting lawsuit because not only of the environmental politics and policies around it, but this is this is not going to be an easy jackpot justice secondhand smoke go down to East St. Louis and and get a get a, a jury that wants to award a big verdict. Uh, there's going to be some work here, and, and and Wisconsin's not alone. There are a number of, of local governments that are filing these same kinds of lawsuits. There are a number of cities or, or other communities. Uh, states are looking at this PFAS, le- uh, le- not legislation, um, litigation. There's the word I'm looking for. PFAS litigation is very, 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 very lucrative for lawyers, uh, and I expect that it will continue to be for several years. Oh, yeah. And then we have very much the same thing going on here in Michigan. So um, as long as we're on the subject of environmental issues, I understand that uh, the three little pigs are kind of in a lather over (laughs) the fact that there's not going to be a wolf hunt in Wisconsin this year. Three little pigs, farmers and people who have dogs up in the northern part of the state. Yes, I I imagine they're all very worried. This is. Did you interview any of the three little pigs? I did. I did not. They they were not available for comment. I I, I also did not go stand out in the middle of nowhere in Bayfield County and wait to be eaten by a wolf pack. Uh, Perhaps my my, my journalistic integrity is is slipping. (laughs) Uh, Wisconsin's wolf hunt has been nothing but political for years. And this is unsurprisingly, it it pits people who are in environmentalists who who love all animals uh, versus ranchers and people who live in the rural part of the state who don't like wolves that can come in and snatch up their their livestock or snatch up their pets or no, no, no people have been attacked. But, you know, this is the latest in the very, very political back and forth over Wisconsin's wolf hunt. But this is, there are two stories in this same story. One, the state's Department of Natural Resources had promised a new wolf management plan by the spring. 
the wolf management plan that Wisconsin is working under now goes back to the 90s. And, and there have been some suggestions. There have been some revisions. There have been some sort of administrative additions. But the plan itself hasn't really changed. And the center part that so many people are focused on is where Wisconsin's wolf population would be capped at the, the ideal number of wolves in the state. Well, in the 1990s, when wolves were had not spent, you know, decades on the, the endangered species list, Wisconsin lawmakers, policymakers set the population goal at 350 wolves tops total. Boom. No more, which means they were expecting hunters to, to keep that population in check here now, 2022, environmentalists and the DNR itself put the population at about 1,100. Now, I, I just did public school math, but that's more than twice, nearly three times what the uh, lawmakers and policymakers wanted the state's wolf population. at. So that plan's due. And DNR has been promising and promising and promising and promising and promising and promising. And we go from fall to winter, to spring, to now summer, and that management plan hasn't materialized. No one has said, well, we're finalizing it, or here it is, give us two weeks. It's sort of a, well, we will we will get it to you when we get it to you. And this is typical in state government. I mean, you could do this story probably in Tennessee or in California or in New Mexico. It may not be wolves, but it would be some sort of, you know, administrative report that is late because they are doing something to it. While that's happening, you have the backdrop of this judge in Northern California who continues to issue rulings that roll back the put back in place the environmental protections that President Trump rolled back. And that means that the wolf is now back on the endangered species list. And that means there will be no hunting of wolves here in Wisconsin. The judge's order was far more sweeping and in fact impacted way more than just Wisconsin. It impacted a number of states out West. And, and this gets back to, again, this balance between states wanting to manage their own whatever, and the federal government saying, no, 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 that's part of our purview. And what it means is it means that hunters in Wisconsin are probably not going to be out in the field this winter, that barring some sort of, of action by the, the United States Supreme Court, barring some action by a new governor elected in the fall, it, it looks like Wisconsin is just going to have nothing for wolf hunters. And, and look, they were very, very good at this the first time they they did this back in 2020, took them, they were planning for a week long season and they closed it within a day and a half because hunters had scored, you know, their quotas already. In fact, they, they, they took more wolves than the state was, was hoping that they did. So it, this is something that there's an interest in. This is something that there is, you know, there, there are wolves out there. Wisconsin is a very, you know, hunting friendly state. There are deer out there too, that are going to get got this fall. Uh, so, you know, wolves will be at least protected for now till we see barring something else happening. Wolves here in Wisconsin can, as you say, rest up a little bit. They don't have to worry about the guys with the dogs and the guns, at least not yet. Well, and uh, maybe you'll have Duran Duran show up at uh, the Milwaukee Summer Festival this year and uh, they can help take care of some of that. I look, so. I, th I think they're available. I, I think Simon Laban's available. I don't, I don't know what he's doing right now, but I don't imagine he has a, a whole bunch of plans. Um, uh, actually, I think that they are on on tour right now. Yeah. 
but yeah, there, um, yeah, there, there you go. There you have it. Okay. So let's move down the road. And for, for those who don't understand, that's in reference to a Duran Duran song called Hungry Like a Wolf. So anyway, now we have Wisconsin lawmakers who are looking to override the Wisconsin Elections Commission. This, this is going to become the new Gableman story. That whereas we spent the better part of a year and a half writing about Justice Gableman and his attempts to look into the 2020 election, and now it has turned to to farce, uh, this story is going to be ongoing. And eventually it will end in, in either one of two ways. Either it will become a serious issue and, and, and the, the Wisconsin Elections Commission will be no more or people will be criminally charged or it will end in a farce where you see elections commissioners still trying to desperately do what they want while lawmakers remind them of the balance of power. This is a relatively minor issue in terms of the elections commission wanted to allow local clerks to finish people's addresses on absentee ballots during that if you if you want to mail your absentee ballot there are rules that say you have to fill out fill out your full name address all of that stuff there also has to be a witness that signs and has their address this way we know you are who you are and state law on this is very clear that if clerks get back an absentee ballot packet that misses any information, doesn't have what it needs, they either contact the voter and fill in that missing information, have the voter come fill in that missing information, or they set that ballot aside and say, I'm sorry, you didn't fill this out properly. We can't count your ballot. Go back to 2020, the wonderful election where all manners of things just sort of happened in Wisconsin. And the Wisconsin Elections Commission issued guidance, told clerks, no, 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 no. You can go ahead and fill that out. Don't worry about it. This is something that you can take care of. You don't need to track down these. You don't need to track down these voters. You can just fill that in. And this is if you remember sort of the, the, the back and forth. Well, in Wisconsin, they were finding absentee ballots with two different colored inks. That's where that came from. And as with a lot of the Wisconsin Elections Commission guidance, it was not what the state law said. And so this hearing from front of the, the, the actually very important Joint Committee for, administrative, for the Review of Administrative Rules, JCRAR, this hearing was essentially a reminder to the Elections Commission that, hey, you have to follow state law. I don't care what you want. I don't care if you're doing this for good intentions. State law says X. You're saying why that's against the law and you cannot do that. Democrats at the Capitol, including including Chris Larson, the, 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 the Milwaukee Democrat, who we have the picture of with the story, says, well, what about voter intent? And are you just going to cast aside these votes for simple little mistakes? And the, the response from Republicans, which control the legislature, was essentially, yes, the state law is clear. That if voters make mistakes, only voters can correct them. If not, the, the ballot can't be counted. And this is part of the broader conversation of reigning in the Wisconsin Elections Commission. Remember, it wasn't just too long ago that we were talking about the Wisconsin Supreme Court 
that struck down the Elections Commission's guidance. There's that word again, that ballot drop boxes were legal back in 2020. They're not. State law does not allow for ballot drop boxes. You either vote in person or you vote absentee through the mail. And so this is another reminder to the Wisconsin Elections Commission that it must follow state law. Now, why this becomes sort of a perpetual story is that the Wisconsin Elections Commission continues with these sort of, well, legal, but maybe not kind of games. In the aftermath of that ballot drop box ruling, there were a number of commissioners, the Republican commissioners, who wanted to say, okay, now we need to clarify the rules for who can return which ballot. State law says voters are the only ones who can return their ballot. And the response from Democrats on the commission was, well, what what if you're going to return your spouse's ballot? Is that allowed? We should allow that, right? Disability advocates say, well, someone needs to be able to help these disabled voters. How how are they going to return their own ballot? And the Elections Commission refused to give any guidance again, that word, to local clerks instead saying, well, local clerks get to make their own policies. They get to decide this. State Rep. Janelle Branchin, who has been looking at elections here in Wisconsin as long as we have, she leads the Assembly's Committee on Campaigns and Elections, pointed out when we talked to her, she said, look, you can't have different rules. And by WEC punting on this, saying, well, locals can make the decision. It means that in Madison and Milwaukee, very liberal communities, the rules are going to be vastly different for who can return ballots than, say, in some of the more conservative counties out in the rest of the state or or, or Waukesha County itself. City of Racine could have different rules than Racine County. And now you've got another legal mumbo jumbo mess on your hands. And again, State law is very clear. Only the voter can return their own ballot. And so we, we are headed to, as, as, as one state rep said, Wisconsin Elections Commission now has two strikes against it. We may be headed for strike three. And the Republicans who are running for governor, Rebecca Clayfish and Tim Michaels, have both promised to either reform the Elections Commission or get rid of it entirely if they are elected. And so... This could come to a point where the legislature, which created the Elections Commission to replace the old, corrupt, recalcitrant Government Accountability Board. You want to do that? Go go find Matt Kittle's former watchdog stories on John Doe. This could be the end of the Elections Commission for playing these kinds of, well, the state law doesn't ban it. So, I mean, I guess it's okay if you want to do it. Those kinds of games have have, have grown tiresome for Republicans who control the legislature, and it may end up costing the Elections Commission its entire existence. Which leads us into what will probably wrap us up today and what's happening with Mr. Gableman. (laughs) He continues to, as the kids put it, he continues to take the L's. The the former Supreme Court justice now is fighting over who gets to hear the lawsuit over the open records in his case. Judge Gableman wanted to, to have the judge in Madison booted from the case, and, and the, the judge wrote in a, in a simple five-page ruling, said Gableman never actually showed any sort of bias 
in, in the trial. Now, it never showed any reason as to why he should recuse himself. In fact, he said that Gableman cherry picked only certain selected rulings and only certain selected comments. And this is, again, this is not even about the investigation into the election. This is about the record keeping of the investigation into the election. And so, yeah, Justice Gableman has, has taken a, a number of losses in the court and continues to try and, and appeal and move and say, well, I, I really don't need to save every scrap of paper in this investigation, despite, you know, open records advocates and the judge and other lawyers saying, no, you, you, you really do. So there is there is a growing sense among Republicans in Wisconsin, uh, some behind the scenes, some people starting to ready to go on on record to say it, that uh, this thing needs to wrap up, that we're, we're not getting anywhere. And, and the the clown show that is now the fight over emails in this in this election investigation investigation is starting to do more harm than good that it's you know we have not gotten any answers about the 2020 election and we're not likely to get any and and instead what we're going to get is more of these sort of embarrassing stories about how the judge has conducted himself in court and around this court case well that's about all the time we have for today for this episode of wisconsin focus and i'd like to thank you ben yount for all of your news insights and you can read all the Center Square stories at thecentersquare.com. That's thecentersquare.com. And listen to the Center Square's podcast at americastalking.com. That's americastalking.com. I'm Bruce Walker, Midwest Regional Editor for the Center Square. Ben and I will be back again next week. <laughs>